Well, would you open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16, please? Keys to the kingdom is the message today. And I will encourage you to remember us in your prayers, please. And just believe God that the Holy Ghost will just pour out in such a phenomenal way while we're there. That's kind of my great prayer and belief. Today I want to talk to you about keys of the kingdom. And uh, we don't always realize that we have the key. And we don't always understand that the key is in me. But it's frustrating when you don't have the key and you're trying to drive your car or you're trying to get into your house and you can't find the key. That's difficult, isn't it? Anybody ever left their key in the car and the door was locked? Oh my goodness, that is a real, real bummer because in the early days I could break in the car but I've lost that skill with these modern cars. So. Yeah, it's a bit from the olden days. But nowadays, it's not that easy, you know, and you have these difficult doors to get through. So I want to talk to you about having the key on and also how amazing it is when you do. So let's read together here, Matthew 16, starting at verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea, Philippi, which is the northern part of Galilee, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? What's the talk? So they said, Well, some say John the Baptist. That was Herod saying that because he had such a marred conscience for beheading him. So when he heard about Jesus, he said, Oh, it's John the Baptist come back to life. It's amazing what motivates people to have an opinion about somebody. Right? Well, some say Elijah. And we, of course, know that John the Baptist came in the spirit of Elijah. But Jesus was not the Elijah John the Baptist was, right? He was that prophetic voice to prepare the way of the Lord. We know that the prophetic unction of the Scripture from Genesis right down to Matthew is the Gospel of Matthew, is the Spirit of Jesus Christ unveiling the kingdom and the purposes and will of God. That's why we should always keep reading the Bible, because the Holy Spirit shows us in the New Testament what God predicts in the Old and prepares us for in the Old. But he was not Elijah. Well, others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. So I love what Jesus then does. You know, he doesn't get caught up in the misinterpretation of himself. Listen closely to that statement. He doesn't get caught up in the misinterpretation of himself. Some people, they get caught up in the misinterpretation of the Lord. Uh, caught up as in they, they begin to live in it and, and they think that that is where they serve the Lord best by constantly trying to deal with the misinterpretations and to pursue them and to be busy with them. But Jesus didn't do that. He didn't even respond. No, I'm not Elijah. No, I'm not John the Baptist. No, I, I, I'm not Jeremiah or Elijah. He didn't say that, did he? He didn't defend himself. He just looked at them and he said, but who do you say that I am? And that question comes to each and every one of us, friends. 
What do you say about Jesus? Do you say anything about Jesus? Do you ever talk about Jesus? You know, I have it often that people ask me, well, you know, how are you? And I said, oh, I'm so happy. Uh, and, and I am. I'm really happy. I feel more happy than ever in my whole life. Honestly, I'm happy. I am so happy. Tell me why you're happy. I am so happy. Remember that song? Why are you happy, people say to me. I said, Jesus lives in my heart. Do you ever talk about Jesus? He is the key. Do you ever use it? You'd be surprised what doors open. Honestly, you'd be surprised what doors open. Really? Mm, I could give you a couple of testimonies that I've had recently. It was so much fun. Oh, my goodness. Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. In other words, Jesus said, what do you all tell them when they say, oh, he's Jeremiah, he's Elijah, you know. What do you say to them? I tell them he is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Oh, you'd be amazed how that opens doors that nothing else can. Seriously. The moment you begin to confess your faith that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, pop, the key manifests. It comes out of your spirit and things begin to open to you that otherwise don't. I was talking to a couple and they, they're Muslims. Uh, they're actually from Rotterdam. They had, had a flat tire from Calais driving to London and I just happened to walk in. I heard them talking in Dutch. I don't know even, I cannot even tell you how it happened. I know it was the Spirit of the Lord Jesus in me, but I just was talking about him. I was talking about how he saved me and what he did for me, and they were overwhelmed. They were overwhelmed. And they told me, you know, they, I told them they were from Holland. They said, oh, well, you know that Holland really now has become atheistic. I said, oh, no. People that think they're atheists are not as much of an atheist as they are. They just don't know Jesus. People believe I'm Jeremiah, I'm Elijah, because they don't know any different. But you tell them the truth and you'd be amazed. That couple <laughs> hugging me. Oh, we had such a good time. And, and they want to come to the meeting while I'm, when I'm there. I tell you, the Lord just... Gently open that door. You're being mighty quiet here. <laughs> Who do you say I am? Peter. I love Peter. Oh, I'm a fan of Peter. I can't wait to meet him in heaven. Yeah. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you. Oh, I tell you, there's a blessing for us when we realize the key is in us. The key is in me. Say it. The key is in me. Oh, how exciting when you begin to know that and use it. The key is in me. Blessed are you, Simon, Barjona, or son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven, and I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock 
the Father giving revelation of who I am. I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it and I will give you the keys. You see, Jesus has the keys. And many of us are faced with things that seem shut to us. I have many times faced shut doors, but I have seen Jesus open them. Seriously. And he has the keys. I was preaching in Poland some years ago, and it was packed full of people, but it was a bit dark in the room. I love the light, as you notice. <laughs> and it was packed in the room with people, but it was physically cold. Yes, it was cold, like goosebump gold in the room. The heat must not have been working or so. But the people were cold in heart, and, and I just happened to be so happy. And I'm preaching away, and my dear friend was interpreting for me. And I'm preaching, and wow, he interprets, I'm praying, Lord, help me, they can't hear me. <laughs> help me, what am I to do, Lord? So I'm calling for the Lord to help open the door, because it was obviously closed. The people were not opening, it was closed. Come on, sometimes, folks, you have to realize the door is shut. You understand? You're talking to people, but they're not hearing you. They're not connecting with you. It's not just about me having done my part. No, in Jesus' name. Some people just want to get the burden off of their shoulder. They did their part. Jesus wasn't like that. He always prayed through until the Father showed him what to do and gave him the key. Oh, I'm so grateful for people that do this. And I'm praying and praying while he's interpreting and praying. And suddenly the Lord gave me the key. It was so simple. You would have thought, well, is that a key? When it comes from Jesus, it is. He gave me this little song in my spirit. It just came to me. So I stopped preaching and I said to the people, you know, I just have to remember this little song. Only believe, only believe, all things. Do you know it? Okay, come on then. Only believe, only believe, all things are possible. Only believe. See how simple? I began to sing that song and the door opened. I'm seriously. The people jumped up from their seats, started worshiping. <laughs> Glory, we had the revival. It was phenomenal. But I couldn't open that door. But Jesus can. You need to realize when you can't open the door and there's somebody who can. So the main thing we need to realize, what is the master key? What is the master key? The master key of the kingdom of heaven is Jesus himself. When you have Jesus in your heart by his spirit, the key is in me. Say it. The key is in me. You need to believe you have it within you to have access to God, to have access into his presence, and to be able to open the door for him when you're in a meeting like this and maybe it feels dry and it feels a bit empty and you don't feel a connection and you're resisting being distracted by your thoughts and feelings, it's, you need to open the door. Yes. 
I'll never forget Suzette Hatting gave a testimony. I was right there in the meeting when she gave the testimony. How she came a little bit late into the meeting and Brother Reinhard Bunke was already preaching and she walked in and she thought, oh my, it's not happening. It's not happening. It feels dead here. Oh, I wonder maybe she's having this thought. I wonder maybe he didn't pray. I wonder. And then as she started to go down that path, she stopped herself and she thought, Susan, what are you doing? She grabbed her Bible, walked out of, out of the hall and said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. In other words, she started praying, Jesus, Jesus. Five minutes later, she walks in and the door was open and the power was being poured out over the hall. Come on, folks. If all of us would use the key we've got, we would have such glorious revival. Every service, people couldn't wait to come here. But we got to all do our part. And many times, congregations can be lazy. I know, I've been there. Where I sit there and I'm having to kind of be careful not to look at my phone, you know, and check my messages. And I'm thinking, no, in Jesus' name, I give the Lord this time. I give the Lord this time. I don't like that feeling. I like the feeling of helping to open the door for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. If all of us do our part to open the door, I guarantee you people will stand in line to come here and miracles will be the constant of our congregation and our services. And I really feel this is the word of the Lord. The Lord needs you. Let's open the door. Let's open the door. The key is in me. Say it. Oh, you have it inside of you. Jesus Christ by his spirit is in you. And you come into the meeting and say, Father, glorify yourself among your people. Father, lift us up by your spirit. Father, make your kingdom come this day. Oh, let your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Come on, folks, use the key. Jesus is the master key. And you can use that key. And he wants you to. It's amazing how he says in Revelation to the church that's indifferent, that's a bit lazy, is what he calls it. Revelations 3 verse 19 and 20. He says, I'm on the door of my own house, my church, knocking, knocking. And if anyone hears me and opens to me, I'll come in. What does it mean the Lord is knocking? He's trying to get your attention. When somebody's knocking, he's tr they're trying to get your attention. Yes? Trying to get your attention means we're being distracted. We're not, we're not focused. And folks, as a congregation, we can be like this. We can be like this. And I believe that the Lord Jesus Christ wants every one of you to be focused in your spirit. And when you come to church, my, your key is right on you. It's manifesting in you. You want the door open and you can take the simplest song or you can take a song you don't necessarily personally go for. Because so many times we can be so fickle when it comes to the kind of songs we do like and don't like. The song we will sing and won't sing. And for us people that are a bit older, I'm, I'm not one of them, but you know, for, for those of us that are a bit older, you can't be a stick in the mud because we're not singing the oldies. Now, I'm, I'm actually on your side because I love the oldies. And I can sing them of heart. And I love them. Oh, I'll never forget I was in Mallorca, Spain, preaching there. And, and oh, I love that pastor. He had physical 
challenges galore, but he loved to play the guitar. And we stayed up almost all night long singing the oldies. Oh, we were singing together and heaven was gloriously open. We had revival, the two of us, all night long. It was glorious. I'll never forget it. Come on, folks. You got the key. Let's use it. Let's use it. Let's open the door for our Savior consistently, constantly, constantly hunger for it, thirst for it, seek for it, yearn for it. Use the key. Use the key. Keep using the key. Keep using the key. I know some doors can be a little bit, little bit frustrating and you've got to move it around a bit and up oh, there it goes. And that can be like that spiritually. You, you could just feel a bit of wrestling, a bit of whatever. Don't go with those feelings. Go with the key. You've got the key. Say the key is in me. Okay, we know Jesus is the key. And now I want to show you how Peter used that key in two wonderful examples and, and I'll just share it with you. You know how on the day of Pentecost, how he used that key, the master key. And he opened the door for 3,000 precious souls to come to Jesus. That very city that had 50 days before murdered Jesus, now received Jesus. Come on, think about it. 50 days, just a little over a month, before they had murdered Jesus, now 3,000 people got saved in that city. I'll never forget praying Johnny, this little story I read in a book, who in the early days of Methodism was in the conference and it was decided to give up the town of Philag, a seaside town here in Britain, to give it up as lost because preacher after preacher had been sent there to no avail. And Johnny was called Praying Johnny. That's what they called him because he was always praying. God bless Johnny. We need a couple of Johnnies. Amen? And Johnny was always praying. Well, Johnny was sitting in the meeting. He was young and inexperienced in ministry, not like some of the others. And he sat there and he felt so compelled. How can we give a city up? How can we allow the city to be damned? And he raised up his hand when it was just about to be voted on to, to just forget that town and go to other places. He said, would you give Philai one more chance by sending me? Everybody thought, well, what can we lose? We might as well. <laughs> Praise God. If you are the person that they kind of think, well, <laughs> if you can make it, well, hallelujah, go have your way. Oh, don't ever look down on anybody because the key will work no matter how weak or how whatever you're like. Believe me, the key will work through some of the most simplest souls. I have seen Jesus use his key through people that everybody thought never. Oh, yes. 100%. When the Lord Jesus sent me in 1988 to, uh, to Dover to have a Jesus Now crusade, he told me he would give me the key in the month of May. In the month of May, Philip and Joyce Symes here in 1988 were pastors there and they asked me to come. I went to their little congregation. At that time, it had gone through many troubles. So it was a small congregation. After the congregation, we were all at the house. In the meeting itself, Nothing happened. But the Lord told me in May it would happen. That was the last Sunday in May. <laughs> he said it would happen. I believed it would happen, but in the meeting nothing happened. So I'm saying, come on, Lord, this is the last day of the month. You said it would happen. I go to their, uh, to their little thing and we are all eating. Nothing happened. 
Nothing happened. So I thought, okay, I've got to go. I've got to go. And my father had always taught me, remember to be friendly. What a good thing when you find the key by simply being friendly. Because as I left, I shook everybody's hand as I left. And there was this fella, this skinny little fella, Mike Lamoon, I'll never forget him, married to Shirley. And, and I shook his hand. I hadn't noticed him. I shook his hand and pop, the Holy Spirit said, here's the key. I said, where are you from? He said, I'm from Dover. We're in Mason. I'm from Dover. I said, Jesus told me to come and hold the Jesus Now crusade in Dover. Can I come and see you? He said, oh, I am not the one you want. I said, yes, you're the one. He said, no, no, no. We tried to start a church and it all failed. So I, nobody likes me in town. I said, you're the one. You're the one. I said, can I have your address? And it's good sometimes to be a little bit, you know, you understand? Uh, forthright uh, is maybe the simplest word I can think of. So I wrote down his address. I went back home in my little 17-year-old mini to Bath to be with Virginia. And then the next day I drove all the way from Bath down to Dover and I come to the house and the moment I used the key, my goodness, the power of God came into that room. They were shouting with joy. I said, do you know any minister? They said, oh, we know an old retired minister. His name is Eric Goff. I said, let's call him. They said, right now. I said, come on. Folks, when the key is working, use it in Jesus' name. How silly to have the key and not use it. I said, call him right now. They said, right now. Yeah. I said, call him right now. So they called Eric Goff. He got on the phone. They said, oh, this man here, blah, blah, blah. And I got him on the phone. I said, Eric, Jesus sent me to hold the Jesus now. Because said, the power of God hit him. Bam, when you're using the key. Are you with me? I'm showing you the key. And the power of God hit that old man. He said, I'm coming over right away. I've been praying for this for years. <laughs> Glory to God, but the door opens. And he comes over, this old man, and we're fellowshipping. I mean, I'm on the go now. You know, praise the Lord. And I said, do you know any other ministers in town? He said, the apostolic. I said, let's go see him. He said, right now? I said, come on, let's go. Folks, when you're on the roll, roll on. Amen. And we went down, down to that meeting. Oh, by the way, the phone rang just before I left and Virginia called me and she said, oh, darling, the owner of the house that we're staying in just called and said we have to be out of the house in three weeks. I said, start packing. We're moving to Kent. <coughs> right? And I think you were seven months pregnant at that time with Zachary. So come on, girl. Man up. <laughs> Man up. <laughs> Two, in it? Yeah, I told her, stop packing. Oh, I was tough, and she was amazing. Amazing. She rolled right with me. Hallelujah. And <laughs> so I, I, you know, I'm on my way over to the apostolic house, uh, David Wade's house, at Sharon House. I'll never forget. No, he owned a different one. Sharon House, I stayed. Anyway, it's a different story. That's a wonderful miracle story, what happened at Sharon House. I mean, when you got the key and it's manifesting, I'm sitting having breakfast at Sharon House and the waitress, I look at her and I said, have you ever, th you're married, right? She said, yeah. I said, have you ever th thought of having children? She starts crying and crying. Oh, they say, I can never get pregnant. I only have one ovary. I said, it's done. It's done. Jesus just done, did it for you. When you got the key, folks, try it. It works on the most miraculous thing. She got pregnant and had a perfect baby. Hallelujah. Her and her husband were rejoicing. So we walk, true story, we walk into the apostolic. They were all together. 
And, and the Holy Ghost came in because that's the key. Jesus is the key. He brings the answers. And we walk in there, we're talking and everything, and, and they say, where do you live? I said, well, I'm over to Kent. They said, when? I said, in three weeks. They said, do you have anywhere to live? I said, no idea. Do you have any money? I said, none. <laughs> and the one man, true story, and the one man said, he said, well, we're going on holiday for three weeks. In three weeks, you can use my house. I said, I'll take it. And the other man said, well, we're going. When he comes back for another three weeks, you can have ours. I said, I'll take it. <laughs> Isn't it amazing when you got the key, how doors that you didn't even know? Are you watching? Open. You didn't even know the door was there. Come on now. There are doors for you and me that we don't even know are, are there. Peter and John, they go praying at the temple, nine o'clock in the morning. Same time Pentecost came, same time the, prayer, the Holy Ghost was poured out, I think. Or was it three in the afternoon? One of the, the, those times they went to go pray. And they went to go pray, and there's a lame man at the gate. Yes? You know what I find amazing? We need to be so careful what ticks us off. Are you listening? We need to be so careful what ticks us off. You understand? Offends us. Because David got offended with the Yebusites when he took the city of Zion. Yebusite, Yebus, became Jerusalem. Yeah? The city of David became known as Jerusalem after this. But the Yebusites are sitting on this rock and they said to David, the lame and the blind will keep you out. And then it says, and yet David took the city. Right? But it offended David. Right? And by his offense, the door was shut for the lame and the blind. They were not allowed in the temple. That's not what David meant. But that's what was made of it. David was offended with the Yibbisites. The religious leaders after that said the lame and the blind are not allowed in the temple. Isn't that something? How we can shut the door? I don't know about you. God forbid that I would ever shut the door to anybody to come to Life Church. If, we, if they cannot come here, folks, how can we expect to go there? We should be an open door to the kingdom of heaven. Come on. And I understand, I do understand, because I've suffered the pains of people's offenses in Virginia. We have suffered the pains of people's offenses in the last 33 years at times. And the devil will then come when you're suffering the pain and try to offend you so that he could use you to shut the door to them. <laughs> but we've resisted all these years to allow the door to be shut and kept the door open for everybody, Amen. no matter what. Please. I plead for you for Christ's sake. Let's be an open door to the kingdom of heaven as a congregation. Let's not shut the door to anybody. Let's have faith that as they come, this is a big Holy Ghost washing machine, that they get washed among us and that repentance is granted them by the spirit of our loving Heavenly Father and that they may find forgiveness of sins. Come on, let's believe it. People have got to be able to find forgiveness of sins among us or do you not know your sins are forgiven? Well then, 
Share it in Jesus' name in the spirit you have towards those who need it most. And here, Peter and John are going and the, Peter sees this lame man and you know what happened? He said, I don't have my money with me, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And the man went into the temple singing, shouting and dancing. Peter opened the door that nobody could open. I believe there are doors that have been shut too long. And I believe that the Lord Jesus Christ wants to so begin to anoint you and me as a congregation, as individuals, that doors that others could not open, we open it by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. How about we believe that? And then last but not least, you see that lame man, let me finish that statement first, that lame man, he couldn't go in by himself. They wouldn't let him in. He needed help to get in. When I finished the crusade in Dover, everybody was kind of gone and I was sitting there thanking the Lord and, and I, I walked up to the front of the door of the Dover Town Hall where we had the crusade. I walked up to the door and there was a man standing there. I said, what are you doing here? He said, oh, I can't come, I can't come, I've tried to come, I've tried to come, and every time I try to come in when the meeting is on, I get such horrific headaches, I can't bear it, I can't bear it, and I just couldn't come in. I took him by the hand, I said, come on in, come on in. I thought, whatever dares to hold that soul back, it has no power in Jesus' name. Come on, when you have experienced the power of Jesus to set captives free, you gotta use that key. <laughs> he could not come in by himself. He needed somebody to help him in. The lame man could not come in by himself. He needed somebody to help him in. There are a lot of people out there who don't know how to get back in unless we help them back in. True, folks. I've met some of them. And they, they think we're upset with them. They think we talk about them. Oh, yeah, I know it, Life Church, everybody, blah, blah, blah. I said, nobody thinks that way. Come on. Oh, yeah, you just brush it under the carpet at Life Church. I said, come and check out the carpet. There's nothing there. Everybody be excited to see you. Come on. Come on, we got to help people get back in. Amen. Peter helped him in when he couldn't come in. That precious man went in with me. I said, say this after me, Jesus, you are the son of God. And he couldn't do it. He got all, all strange. I said, Satan, how dare you claim this man? You have no power of him over him, leave him alone. And Jesus baptized him in the Holy Ghost right that second, and he began to worship with new tongues, and he got set free from that ugly, lying devil. Folks, we need to use the key ourselves, but we need to also use it for others. The Lord Jesus needs you. I know you can be tempted to shut the door, but sometimes you need to say, Lord, I don't know what to do about it, but I commit it to you. I commit it to you, but I'm not going to be a shut door. I won't be one, but you know what to do. <laughs> and then I want to close with this example. Sometimes the Lord has a key to open a door he wants to open, but he's looking for somebody whom he can employ to open that door. I keep telling the Lord, Lord, please use me. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. I want to encourage you. Don't be somebody that gives up serving the Lord. Don't be somebody that hasn't time to serve the Lord. 
Don't be somebody that doesn't have time to serve the Lord when the Lord needs us desperately. So the Lord, he wanted to open a door that nobody, nobody had ever in all of history opened. That door had been shut, completely shut. <laughs> but he had the key to open it now. Now that Jesus had died and paid for the sins of all mankind and been risen to life to make intercession for all men to be saved and doesn't want any to go lost. He had the key, but he was trying to find somebody. And I want you to see how the Lord will give you a key if you don't have it and don't realize what it's for. Somebody sent a little message to Peter. Peter, could you come to Joppa? A little seaside town, could you come to Joppa? Because Dorcas has died and everybody loves her and everybody's brokenhearted and, and we, need, we need you to come and help us. We're, we're so hurting and crying and hurting. So Peter goes down to Joppa and he goes to comfort them, you know, and encourage the people about the eternal life and the love of Christ and eternal life. And then he says, where is she? Oh, well, we just washed her. She's dressed on the bed upstairs, but we need to bury her. So she must have just died because in Israel they die, they bury almost the same day because of, because of circumstance. So he goes up there. He said, just give me a minute by myself. He looks at her and the key comes into him from Jesus. And he says, rise up. And he takes her by the hand and Dorcas comes alive. And Jesus gives him a key, right? That's a pretty awesome key, wouldn't you say? But it wasn't about Dorcas as much as about the door the Lord wanted to open through that key. Jesus gives life to the dead. And here he gets a vision and he sees a sheep come down with unclean animals. And the Lord says to him, kill and eat. And Peter says, never, Lord, will I ever do such a thing. And the Lord says, don't call unclean what I have made clean. Say it after me. Don't call unclean what I have made clean. Everybody, don't call unclean what I have made clean. Again, don't call unclean what I have made clean. We need this power in the church because it keeps the door shut to precious souls. And if the church doesn't know how to cleanse in the blood of Jesus, how can it be cleansed in the blood of Jesus? If we have any cleansing, if we have any holiness and purity, it is nothing but the blood of Jesus, nothing but His mercy and love. None of us can sit here and say, oh, I prayed and I read the scriptures and I this and I. None of us can do such a thing. I know I surely can't. I stand here before you today, not because of my marriage, but because of the blood and the spirit of our Savior, Jesus Christ alone. Believe me. I do not stand here before you because I'm holier than thou. I stand here because the blood never loses its power. The blood never loses its power. Say it. The blood never loses its power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't go unclean what I have cleansed, Peter. Now there's two men at the door. Don't resist them. Go with them. And you know what happened? He went to the town of Caesarea. And he came into the house of Cornelius. This is 10 years after the day of Pentecost. 
and the door to the Gentiles opened for the first time in history. I believe God wants to open doors today. You'd be shocked how Jesus can open doors to people's hearts, to people's lives, to whole regions, to whole cities. You'd be amazed. And you see how the Lord gave him the key? He gave him a tremendous experience with his power, and that was the Lord giving him the key. Because then he went to Cornelius' house. He said, you've heard about Jesus of Nazareth, how he went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him, anointing him with the Holy Spirit and power. And while he's just talking, bam, the door opens. And the Holy Ghost falls upon each and every one. And they hear them speaking in other tongues. And Peter said, who are we to resist you from being baptized when you received the same gift of the Holy Spirit as we received it? And they were all baptized that day. Wow. The key is in me. Say it. It's in you. Let's all stand. Oh, praise the Lord. I really believe God wants to open some doors. <laughs> he wants to open some doors. I know some of us, we say, yeah, Pastor, I've used the key. I've used the key, and it just won't open. <laughs> oh, my, my mama used the key every so often on me. It actually, every time, had an effect on me, even when I wouldn't admit it. But she never grew weary. She kept using the key. And here I am today. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Come on. Maybe you say, Pastor, I try so hard. I try so hard, but I don't feel anything. I don't feel anything, Pastor. I don't feel anything. And I try so hard to be faithful to God, but oh, I just feel my weak nature and I don't know what to do anymore. I've prayed, I've read scriptures, I've come to church, I don't know how to get in. Don't give up. Don't give up. Because the door is not locked. It's open. So keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep reading. Keep praying. And you will harvest. <laughs> you will harvest a wide open door into the everlasting kingdom. And then you will say, you know, all those years when I labored and didn't feel anything, God was working all along and I didn't realize it. If you need forgiveness of sin, put your hand on your heart and pray this simple prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I repent of all my sins. Forgive me. Cleanse me in your precious blood. Wash me white as snow and live in my heart by your Holy Spirit. The key is in me. You are the key, Jesus. And I come to you now. And I thank you for receiving me. And Father, I pray for your grace on each and every one of our lives that you this morning deposited such an immense grace into us and that we all begin to realize the key is in us and the doors begin to open we didn't even know were there. And that we will be able to start seeing things come to pass that we had been believing and waiting for that you are ready to perform in this hour. And the Lord bless you. 
and make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. The Lord bless you all in Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. I love you with all my heart. I'm so grateful to be here. And I look forward to see you on Wednesday night if you could come and join me at 7 o'clock, okay? Have a good day, everybody. Enjoy the good weather.